Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 68 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. Formed by the three Yearly brothers, Frankfurt's Crytek burst onto the PC gaming scene with the technically impressive Far Cry in 2004. Three years later they followed up with Crisis, a near-future sci-fi FPS that remains one of the most graphically demanding games available. Is the beauty of Crisis and its 2011 multi-format sequel only skin deep though? Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Tony Atkins. Hello. Joshua Garrity. Hello. Nicole Moon. Hey, guys. somebody can explain to me what happened as regards to was it simply that they made Far Cry and Ubisoft retained the IP and then they signed up to work with EA so they couldn't make well, another Far Cry what, what happened there no I, I actually remember reading an article about this about six months ago but I, could I find it for this very podcast could I hell but I do remember some of the basis of it which is um, the reason they they moved away from Far Cry I, I, I think there was some you know discussion with uh, Ubisoft about doing another one and whatnot, but they decided that they didn't know where to continue that franchise <laughs> So, um, and they cited the fact actually that Ubisoft themselves have, have difficulty continuing that franchise, so if you look at where they took uh, Far Cry 2 in direction of where they left Far well, Cry 1 I suppose 1, you could say that's not a difficulty so much as it's a deliberate choice to go mm-hmm. you know, to go take it in completely different directions which after they did, obviously they did uh, Far Cry Instincts, Far Cry Predator Far Cry Instincts Evolution, Dota you know weren't particularly great but since they started uh taking it down a different path with far cry 2 and 3 they've had more success yeah true but it's taken them a while to kind of get to grips with what where that franchise had its yeah. potential lay and i, and I, mm. I remember them um, in this article just just saying that they felt like they had they had achieved what they wanted to do with Far Cry, but they didn't actually just you know want to continue that IP. They had the idea for Crisis um, and wanted to go that direction rather than just you know. And also, it was a an inspiration thing because they were a, a new company and they'd spent so long putting Far Cry together. Yeah. They wanted um, not to get kind of complacent and actually just go, yeah, we made that. Let's just rebuild all the assets and go again. They actually wanted to challenge themselves. Um, and thus, uh, Crisis was born because it, you know, it took a whole new load of uh, asset sets. I believe it was a, you know, a different coding engine. All sorts of the, well, the engine was the same, but it was a yeah. completely different, yeah. um, you know, infrastructure they needed to build from the ground up again to actually challenge them as a development house. Yeah, the original Cry engine was built for Far Cry, um, and it was uh, it started out that they started as tech coders, I, I think, hence the name. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think you know they they weren't games designers, and I think that shows in the in some of their early games, um, which we'll talk about. Um, but I do remember. I, I remember when Far Cry came out. I had a PC that was capable of running it, and that was the one that people used to say before Crisis. You know, can your PC run Far Cry? Um, and 
running Far Cry at maximum graphics was was one of the benchmarking games, mm-hmm. uh, and and then Crisis took took that mantle, and and arguably is still there as one of the the games to test your rig with. Even the I noticed uh, I put on Crisis Two earlier just to, for a refresher. Uh, we'll do our histories with the games in a minute. Um, and the, the first achievement you get is uh, is called Can It Run Crisis, alluding to that very <laughs> that very thing that even though uh, Crisis the original is now heading for six years old, it's still a game that can test a high end PC to some degree. Yeah, I mean, and the whole foundation of of Crytek themselves, it it's it's almost an, an old school approach, you know, taking the PC and, and maxing out to the very limits of what they think you know the the hardware can produce, not just now, but in you know five six years time. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that does actually play quite a bit into both Far Cry Far, and um, uh, Crisis as well. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes the tech feels like it is getting in the way of the uh, the actual gameplay itself but if you look at something like crisis um they they took a huge risk on a lot of these components because it it was was running DirectX 10 which Mm. at the time was only available on vista vista had only just come out um you know yes you can say that these os's you know sell by the bucket loads in the millions but you know it's it's still very much an enthusiast uh, audience they're aiming at even if a lot of people do you know own that hardware but it's all quite new at the time when crisis is hitting so they're they're big risk takers when it comes to pushing the boundaries of what of what the graphics can be achieved and you know i don't know if they always get it right but we shall (laughs) discuss further whether Mm. that happens uh so Josh, when did you first play Crisis 1, the original? Uh, I played it last year. Um, I finally got a PC that was capable of running PC games at all last year, and I was keen to test it out um, mm. with you know all sorts of you know different games. So the first one I tested out was The Witcher 2, which looks really good. Um, yeah. I played Crisis last year. I haven't got I haven't got really much of a backstory for this one. That's that's fine. So you, you don't have to make PC. one up. You could make up an ex- exciting uh, mythical story about it if you want, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, of course, it did also come out. You so you played it around the time it came out on the consoles, but you played it on PC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was was it last summerish? It came out 2012 on for download on both PSN and Xbox 360. Slightly. Was it slightly ahead on one than the other, as I recall? Yeah, I think 360 got it first. Or was it? Or was it the other? Way? Oh, I forget. Ah, anyway, it's it's there. You can pay it. It's like twelve pounds, isn't it? I think to download or thereabouts. Apologies, I haven't looked up the price, but there is a version that you can play on console, uh, which wasn't the case for four years until after the or five years until after the Crisis Two. Um, Carl, Crisis One. You don't have a PC that could run it now, I, I guess. Um, I- at the time, I'd just got a PC, but it was uh, at the time was when my PC first started showing issue uh, signs of it having issues with like the, the PCIe port and certain things have been changed now. And only after time did I realise it was actually the port on the motherboard. Um, I, I played a chunk of that game on two of my friends' PCs at different times. Um, never really, I was never able to play enough to get a completion in on either. Um, so even at the time, I was able to play it um, with pretty much all the bells and whistles. And 
given that you know, my background with my friends and we've always had powerful PCs so that that was always nice but I was, as I say I was never able to complete it so when it actually released on the consoles I thought well you know I've had my time with the PC version I'll, I just want to complete it mm. now and see what it's all about so uh, I bought it on uh, 360 because at, at the time I'd been playing a lot of Crisis 2 so it, it was almost sort of backwards on that I actually experienced the games mm. um, but Again, as a, as a massive fan of you know, as you mentioned, Far Cry uh, and playing that at lands, it was always I was always excited to play Crisis, um, and not being able to play it on my own sort of the interest waned for many years until uh, until Crisis Two, which then rekindles the interest back in Crisis One. So it's a strange way to go about things, but it was the PC. It was essentially the console version is the one I've played all the way through. I think uh, probably a lot of people will be the same. Um, Tony, Crisis One, uh, played it this week. But, yeah, um, yeah, not through the la- the lack of wanting to. I I built a PC to play Half Life, World of Warcraft, all that around that period of time, and then um, eventually when Crisis did come out, I tried to. I think there was a demo, or at least I played a version of it, um, and my PC went no, and uh, you know un. Not willing to lower the settings down to archaic, I decided probably uh, just to move on, and uh, yeah, there there it stayed. And I was tempted by the, the the console versions, but then knew eventually I'd have a PC good enough to to eventually do it justice. And this this show come up, so I played it this week. Yeah, I played it yesterday and finished it this morning. <laughs> um, I recently got a new PC that can run it. I played it on very high. On Ultra, everything. Yeah, whatever they call it. What's yeah, it's top? very high on Crisis. Uh, but to to show just how um, sort of much you can do with Crisis in terms of graphics, uh, you know, that, that looked great and it ran fine and my PC didn't blow up. But towards the end, it was starting to be a little unstable. Um, whether that's, you know, whether that is graphics related or not, I don't know. Perhaps I could have cured it by simply slapping in an, an SLI graphics card to make my machine even more powerful or a bit more RAM. Um, but I did actually turn just for the last uh, level or level and a bit, I turned the graphics down to merely high, uh, in which it was absolutely fine. But um, I was quite pleased that I'd got that far um, playing it with everything whacked up. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there's no doubt it's still a it's still a fine looking game on a technical level. And it is quite funny when you look at that because you know it's how many years old? Far six nearly. six years old. Um, yeah. You know, and you know both you and me have got you know great PCs that can finally run it. But if you're looking at them developing a game for well in six years time, yeah. you, you'll be able to run this perfectly fine, guys. It's I I almost don't understand the logic behind that because you know, the end game is so far away. It's almost like they didn't want to sell copies of the game because <laughs> it's such a small audience you're catering for. I don't know. I think what it is is you guarantee yourself both a reputation and a very long tail. So that game is still selling copies to people like me now. Mm. Not, you know, Even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I probably would have, after buying a PC in 2013, gone, yeah, you know, I should really see if I can run Crisis at full specs. So... I think maybe there's a certain it's a combination of kudos of being the developer who makes those games with the with the graphics that look like that and also that they keep selling copies. Um there's also a multiplayer component but I guess none of us have dabbled with that. I don't know if it was ever a big thing or not. It, 
I believe it was. I mean, it, it it was probably at the time. It's it's kind of battlefield esque. I, I believe. It's yeah. A, a bigger, yeah. you know, more open play, and they they changed it for for Crisis Two. But uh, yeah, I had no experience this time around of it. Um, but I, I hear it was rather fun as and when you played it back then. Okay. The game uh, does have certain uh, a certain look and feel that is not a million miles away from Battlefield, but it also reminded me a lot of Halo. It also yeah. reminded me a lot of Far Cry. I mean, you know, you talk about them. Uh, saying well they didn't know what to do with Far Cry you could argue that they almost remade Far Cry with Crisis because it even has the same sort of structure of you know you start in a jungle area and then as a uh, spoiler warning by the way this is your spoiler warning for all Crisis games because we're, we're going to spoil them all uh, as you go through the game elements take on an, uh, an extraterrestrial or supernatural bent uh, and, and really there's it's not a million miles away. You play a US Special Forces operative. In, in Far Cry, you don't have a nano suit. In Crisis, you do have a nano suit. Seems similar to me. Mm. But, um. So Crytek are Frankfurt-based three uh, German brothers of Turkish extraction. Cevat Yerli is the main man, seemingly, at Crytek. He, he's their sort of spokesman and uh, general head honcho. Uh, so you play it's a near future 2020 we're not going to go through the plot point by point point by point because it's probably not interesting enough um, it's your basic actually the the plot's almost identical to Dead Spaces uh, other than it's set on this planet in that uh, some people in this case some rather naive and aggressive North Koreans uh, stumble across uh, something which is going to be the the greatest solution to uh, Earth's power problems for the future. It turns out to be something else. In this case, a big sort of alien power unit hive. Have I? Is no, that no, no, no. You're yeah, absolutely you're right. It's, <laughs> yep. it's just okay. that this is so much less interesting than Dead Space. Um, yeah. I just, I, I without the unitology. Yeah, yeah it, it's. It, to me, all that stuff kind of just kind of became the background noise of this game because it was yeah. so much less interesting than the actual mechanics. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's total uh, brain off Hollywood sci-fi popcorn nonsense. Um, I wouldn't which, even say it's that good. Yeah, it's kind of it's sort of Independence Day levels of of. Uh, bobbins. No, because at least know. I laughed at Independence Day. <laughs> there were times I was playing Crisis, I felt like weeping. There's no Will Smith in you know who's always watchable uh, <laughs> in in Crisis. The characters are are, are a bunch of two D uh, stereotypes, aren't they? So you've got your you've got your your battle hardened Americans mostly. Uh, you've got your attractive female scientist. You've got your gruff general. Uh, you've got your nutty British bit, moon. Uh, Jason, Jason Statham. Statham, yeah, yeah, uh, and they do stuff. But more importantly than that, they have cool suits which uh, afford gameplay opportunities. Would someone care to uh, go into the the nano suits? Wonderful gizmos. Um, basically, the nano suit has different uh, abilities where the player has to direct the power of the suit into certain areas. So, one of them stealth, one of them strength, one of them speed. And the idea behind it is in certain situations, you'll select one of these and 
uh, for instance, if you pick uh, the speed one, you can run really fast and all that kind of stuff. If you pick the strength one, you can punch people really hard and throw stuff really far, but you can also jump really high as well. And the the stealth one's obvious. It uh, turns you invisible, and the energy levels drain over time. And it it becomes like a balancing act of which one do I use? How do I conserve my energy and stuff like that? You've got armor yeah, as well. It- Oh, and armor. Sorry, I forgot about armor. Armor's your default one, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, this opens up... Uh, the, the the skirmish arenas, although it, it, it does a good impression of making you think that it's an open world, but it's not. It's just large large battle areas, a bit like Halo again. Uh, and so you have the option of really tackling each... I suppose the, the, the general gameplay pattern is uh, go to... A place where there is, or or travel between places where there is resistance, mostly for the first eighty percent of the game, North Koreans, um, and take them all out. <laughs> That's uh, using either weapons or stealth, or well, obviously weapons. But you can sneak about the place if that's your favoured gameplay modus operandi, or you can do what I do, which is to uh, use your armor a lot and shoot people in the face. Um. I felt the weapons uh, looked and sounded pretty cool, um, although it's interesting playing Warhead and Crisis 2 straight after Crisis 1 because it makes you realise your character, Nomad, in Crisis 1 is a fucking terrible shot. <laughs> he really is awful. Uh, every Everyone takes four or five um, seconds more than they should do to go down, not because they're bullet sponges, but just because he's he, he, he's spray is is so appalling I wouldn't like to stand next to him at a urinal and he's an elite marine I'd like to know how bad the normal marines must be well that's it because in Crisis 2 you take it you start as Alcatraz who's a regular uh, soldier but he he is I think obviously because Crytek probably got feedback I'm surprised they haven't patched it that that maybe it's a balancing issue that I did find Nomad's uh, shooting was a little frustrating at times um, but you can get various scopes, you can modify weapons, you can get flashlights, laser uh, targeting. Uh, there are there are many, many options, many ways of doing things. That's, that's the key aspect of Crisis, isn't it? I think that's what I like most about this uh, experience, is that it is so uniquely tailored to you. It's not, it's not this case of you should be playing it this way to enjoy it the most. If you want to play it a certain way, play it that way because it will be just as fun as any other alter. I personally chose the stealth route, so I was all mm. about the laser sights um, and the uh, silencers, and I was and I felt like if I wanted to play that that way, you know, the game catered to me that uh, to play that way. But as an action game, it works as well. Yeah. yeah, red barrels everywhere, huge explosions and all that. I, I mean, it's hard not to to draw comparisons with Crisis Two, um, because you know they they tackle the same issue and one does it better than the other. Mm. I mean, I have a number of fundamental issues with what I found with my playthrough of Crisis. Um, I mean, some of this I would actually argue is because Crisis is a, a two thousand and seven game. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> But the way I ended up viewing it was it's a 2007 game kind of wrapped up in 2013 clothing. So when you're playing it, your mind is all, you know, is, is viewing what we expect from gameplay now. Um, because, you know, visually it, it looks, you know, splendid and it looks, you know, fantastic. I mean, yes, this is a high end game. Yet you've got to kind of put it back into 2007 and what shooters were actually around then. And 
I think there's there's some issues actually I found with um, wanting to uh, implement tactics and then failing to do so. Um, for instance, uh, I I always went in with the idea that stealth was going to be this great option, and nine times out of the ten, the AI just went crazy. So it I would go into a base, take out one guy, and you know where, I I never really felt like I could just do that and take out the entire base it would always be somebody heard something somebody saw uh, seen something and then the entirety like the alarm would come off and the battalion of troops would come from nowhere yeah and the entire base would be on I top of me I thought that was just me Josh Josh has tried to do it more stealthily did did you have more success than us um I had more success than you guys but I do agree with your complaint um that once you've killed one guy they tend to swarm on you and then yeah, it turns yeah. into a and it's just shooty armor. shoot fest. Yeah. What I ended up doing was just not killing people because it was actually easier. Yeah, but, and, and this this is what I found. Like, there, there was sections Running in the game. Areas. Certainly, yeah. um, I actually found that the opening of the area, so the actual first part of the island, and through that first kind of encampment where you you could work through the hills and you know go on optional side missions. I found that really good because there were small um, bases you know, with maybe ten, fifteen soldiers, and that many soldiers were easy enough to deal with. And you know, if you alerted one or two people it wasn't really a big issue in fact you could go back to camouflage and get away with it but soon as you got progressed maybe a couple hours into the game and you got into the bigger bases it was a case of just alerting one person and the game just went stealth is the only real option for stealth now is to kind of regain your health um, and mm. then I'd have to go guns blazing I mean there was there was even in those moments there were some great sections of firing rockets at you know towers and seeing towers blow up um, you know, and, and killing fifteen people at once. But like you, Josh, I found uh, bits towards the end of the game just easier to go in sprint mode. In fact, and just run past everybody yeah. because that was actually more enjoyable. I think that's a design the, choice, though. I don't think that's like a, a a shortcoming. I think it's like actually you can do it this way if you want. It, but it it's handled better in in two. I mean, I've, I've got a lot, a lot to say about two, but it, it's certainly handled better in two. In one, it just it it felt like I had all these options from a suit, but in fact the the two options that were available to me was armor and sprint. I felt two was really handholdy by comparison though really limited things hmm. we'll get on there I guess when we get to two <laughs> and I, I think uh, I don't, I don't th- um, this is not one of those well other people said it so it must be true no. type things but I do I do get the feeling that that, that was one of the things I, complaints that I heard quite a lot about well, Crisis 2 was that it took away player choice and, and or took away the feeling of a wide number of player choices and turned it into a do you want to do it this way or do you want to do it that way I found it the other way around I, f- I thought there was far more option and choice and a far tighter design concept behind Crisis 2 than there ever was behind Crisis 1 I have some massive problems with Crisis 1 first, first and foremost the AI in particular is atrocious it ruins almost any enjoyment I could have got out of that game there were, there were moments where in the middle of the battle they would just turn away and walk walk away from me uh, there was ones where I would just be stood still and all of a sudden they'd be alerted to red and I'm invisible behind a tree um, I, there's one mission I started where you get escorted into battle um, at, the, at the top of a hill uh, before you take out the two guns the guy walked the whole way there backwards looking at me in the eyes um, <laughs> it just so many things broke any any sort of know, form some of, of these are issues unique to the console the, the port very because possibly I, I didn't, could be. it, it, didn't it was see a lot very of flaky and of course the console version has its own issues one is that it was put into the crisis 2 engine um, which sounds all well and good until you get the most incredible 
incredibly ridiculous fade-in filter, um, which just... Mm. It just bad just doesn't say enough. It is one of the worst things I have experienced visually in any game this entire generation. It ruins anything. You want to look in the distance? You can't. You walk forwards, everything... It's... it's I'd rather have had pop-in. It's so bad. Um, and it's it's a shame because you look at something like Crisis 2, which, even on consoles, runs absolutely flawlessly. Um, not not a single hiccup, but Crisis 1, uh, it was just, no, horrible, horrible time with it. just trying to fit that much of a scope into you know a, a, a console that was ageing. I don't know, it's... it's a, um, that's just an unfortunate kind of side... Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's scope. I, there, there are issues when you're going backwards from PC to console. There, there's absolutely no doubt about that. You do make certain concessions for it, but there were problems outside of that. I mean, you mentioned that the guns sounded well and good, Leon. Did no one find they were too loud? Because no. on on on, no. on the console version, they're ridiculous. The precision rifle, in particular, is no, so bad. I, I play all my games on a volume of three to four through my sound system. As soon as I picked up the precision rifle, I had to put it on either half or one because it was so much louder than everything else. I, I, I don't disagree that it was loud. It's just that I didn't think it was a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I like my guns no, to be loud. I like, I like my guns loud. We've mentioned before something like Battlefield 3 sounds absolutely superb and the, the, the Bad Company games likewise. This is like you have the whole levelling so that everything sounds in order. Stuff can still sound loud without being booming. This is yeah, just I, I, way and above and beyond. I think I, perhaps I, again, that's a console sounds, thing because it was again. I think so I think bad. some of these issues may be maybe port issues because this is not stuff that those of us who played it on the PC have experienced. I like it's difficult because I haven't played both yeah, versions. But of, of course, of I, you, you would notice if this was a problem with the PC version, you could not notice this as an issue. <laughs> no. Can you not? Can you not? Does it not have in-game it, sliders? It comes right? under sound effects. So whilst everything yeah, else okay. is sort of levelized, this is just so the guns ridiculous. Are just too loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the main difference I noticed when I remember when I played Crisis Two, um, I borrowed it. I borrowed your copy car and uh, played it a few months after it came out. Um, one of the things I noticed about that game was that it had an incredibly narrow field of view. Um, and I assume that was, you know, basically to run anything in the the Crytek engine on a console um, makes it feel very claustrophobic and makes people who are prone to motion sickness likely to get it while playing it. I wonder if one of the things about Crisis on the PC is that you've got this fantastically wide vistas you're looking at all the time and it makes what is you know a fairly ordinary shooter in some ways a lot more spectacular because you have got these high levels of graphics and if you take if you take that away and maybe and maybe decrease the field of vision take away the panoramas take away some of the the niceties of the effects you are left with what is a five six year old yeah I, I mean mm. i'm sure that does play some parts i do feel like if, if crisis was now built from the ground up it could run and look just like crisis 2 on consoles when you're going back and you're basically porting something in asset for asset across engine mm. to to run it on a console there's always going to be issues it is never something that's particularly worked too well and this is um certainly one of those cases where I'll always remember it being one of the worst examples yeah I don't know I don't know how long they took over that port I assume it wasn't 4 years I think it was a it was a, obviously it was an afterthought after crisis 2 came out I think they probably just left the systems running overnightly on just convert and then the next day they packaged yeah. it out and sent it out <laughs> 
Well, it's a shame because you know that that will be a version that many people do play because they don't have access to to run it on a it PC. Did okay reviews wise, didn't it? Um, didn't do terribly. Uh, which yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like maybe if if you hadn't been exposed to the PC version at the time as you were, Carl, maybe you'd have felt slightly better about the console uh, version. I, I, I think know. another step is that I mentioned com- coming from Crisis Two to cry uh, to to Crisis One. There were you know numerous other issues uh, with with mm. the movement, um, such as the jumping. There were almost no forward momentum whilst jumping. Um, in Crisis Two, you yeah. in Crisis Two you can leap forwards all you want. There were times when I couldn't. I'd struggle to leap as far as over a rock because whilst I could jump the height of it, I couldn't go forwards. Even whilst running forwards full sprint, you would just jump vertically up. Crisis 2 does do a better job of selling the fact that you're in a nano suit in that respect. Uh, I suppose there'd been a long enough gap for me between playing Crisis 2 and Crisis 1. Um, but th- this is why I, I think, think it's, it. it's dangerous to start making comparisons between the two because they are two very separate products released. Yes, uh, you know, many years apart Four from years each apart. other. Yeah. So you know, I, I think you know, focusing on what Crisis One was when it was mm. released is it, probably at this point probably more of a, a worthwhile. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so but, I mean, my my yeah, perhaps that's the case. So my issues with the actual design of the environments would still hold true as a, as an as an argument point. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and I think you know if if anyone's actually had played um, Far Cry before going through Crisis, the, the similarities, the way I think the game progresses and from start to finish are there, you know, clearly there to see. Um, you know, everyone it'd be hard to not know about Crisis and not know that the aliens turn up at the end because it's the big sticking point that everyone talks about with where the game starts to go awry. But long before then, you know, as I say at the start, you've got these great big kind of combat arena areas where you know I was having fun um, and then getting into a boat and driving around and sniping people from from those positions into a which then jumping into a truck and and doing all that but um about halfway through the game all that stuff starts to change it, it becomes a lot more kind of narrow old school s shooter where it's more about you know progressing to the next area um you know chasing after the the aliens and a lot of that open worldness really then starts to focus down into narrow you know passageways because you know the ice has taken over Hmm. i I guess it depends how how you see it as open worlds because it never really felt particularly open it was an incredibly linear game designed to look like it wasn't you essentially had a path right down the middle every single time and you could go left up a bank or right up a bank and hide behind rocks and be a peeping tom in bushes that was essentially it's like it's like though it's exactly like those areas in halo you know which which obviously was six years before this but it's just like the beach you know Oh, but sort of the cartographer. Yeah, or, or ab- absolutely the case. Except the fact that you know you, I could reference that each level in Halo is individual, and some of those are iconic. Whereas in Crisis, a lot of it merges into each other. There's no. I think there was perhaps mm. two sections in all of the the entirety of Crisis that I actually remember for the environment. And one is when you sneak in the base and you you see the scientist for the first time before he gets frozen. And the, the other would be the ship at the end. Everything else sort of just merges and is completely I, I think, again, th- th- just this actually plays into a, an interesting conversation that is to be had about how important graphics are to a game. Because having just played it high specs on the PC I've got loads of really strong images of the game seared onto my retina I've, I was taking screenshots of it throughout and there's loads of areas in this game which 
because of the quality of the graphics and the fact that Crytek's engine is very good at doing uh, pseudo organic areas. Mm. It, there are lots of areas, whether it be because of the weather or the lighting or the you know it's the sunset or or it's the snows come down or, or whatever. It's uh, there's yeah a totally di- opposite experience. Loads of memorable I areas mean- for me and p- particularly. The uh, abyss-like, uh, although you're floating, not underwater, the, the bit where you go into the alien structure in a mountain looked absolutely incredible On for me. I, I, that, that was gobsmacking. I, I can appreciate the visual spectacle and the, and the appeal of it. My, my point is more that no, no particular part of the environment ever tells the story around it or where you are. Um, it's, it's, it's designed Again, slightly I, I, I different. I just disagree. Just... You've got the, the whole point is you've got the snow area once the because the aliens uh, use cold as an attack, which I think is good conceit as well. Um, the, the that bit where you are inside the alien structure looks like nothing, nothing else at all in the yeah, game. Yeah, that visually it's looks good, memorable. but uh, design-wise, that I... that going to console in particular is one of the is hands down the lowest moment of that game for me personally. Was in that. Yeah, whereas it was it was a high point for me, other than the signposting, which is. <laughs> I I think actually for me I, I kind of understand what Carl's saying. Well, I played it with the controllers, so. um, <laughs> but I I think overall that the game lacks a lot of charm because the characters themselves aren't particularly interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you are playing pretty much as a nobody. I mean, the style of the show is the suit. Um, but I, I agree with Leon. The I actually found when the, the game, even you know, the aliens are. Uh, maybe less interesting to fight. So I actually found when the game turned into this frozen um, landscape, actually to be probably the most you know vis- visually arresting any- uh, from the entirety of the experience, because mm. it was places that you felt like you had previously been, but you had looked in- you know looked entirely different uh, and was you know beautiful kind of settings. Yeah, the f- snow and frost effects were fantastic. Sorry, Josh. Uh, I think my issue with the game is not that I wasn't impressed by the visuals. I think it looks fantastic. And you were saying about the characters not being interesting. Um, it, it's not that, because I've played plenty of games that have bore, you know, rubbish characters that I've been thoroughly engaged with from start to finish. Bayonetta is a great example. My problem mm. with Crisis is that it just kind of lacks any sense of a unique identity a unique yeah. personality it Definitely. feels like it owes everything that's great about it to other games and there's nothing about and it and other media films yeah, as well yeah and it, there's nothing about it as in of itself that's special yeah i would say at the time they would argue that what made it great was how visually impressive it was but that, that's uh, not yeah. a reason that's no, not like- a reason to be great though because visuals date and people forget visuals what they remember is great game design it's true but like leon said at the very start the reason people are still buying this game is because of its visual identity so yeah because it was built with a five six year tail in mind it was designed it's been patched um it, it runs on modern hardware to look a, as good as ever if not better um i think those things do stand up and you know i know that well you know we'll find out what i thought of it in my summary but this is a case where the graphics do elevate the experience they definitely do i mean um without without them and and i suspect that this is being this story is being told by carl's response to a an inferior looking see, console I, I, I don't i think you're misunderstanding exactly what i'm getting at i appreciate the visual spectacle of the game it looks stunning what I'm saying is, is essentially what Josh has said, um, that there's, there's a lack of identity 
to any particular mm. environment. Like I can look at a screenshot from almost any part of Crisis Two, and I'll know exactly where that is in Crisis Two, and I'll know exactly where that is in Call of Duty or you know any number of other games. I can go and sum that up from a screenshot. Cry- You've mentioned the snow. Yeah, I'll know that's from the the one snow section in the game, but the actual environments that you're in at any particular moment aren't overly memorable the design of them the layout of them aren't that great it looks visually stunning the the trees the lighting the particle effects all that not got a problem with that it looks absolutely incredible the actual design is incredibly generic incredibly dull and not well designed for the player so it's set on a it's set on a fictitious uh, East Philippines island, and I think the a part of it there are it's absolutely the, the one game it reminded me of in that respect, and I do I do understand what you're saying, Carl. It's a bit like Just Cause Two in that That's it's, exactly this really what lo- it's, it's this really lush area, mm-hmm. but there's loads of um, you know, and you can enjoy the lighting and the weather and the technical side of it, but there's loads of really generic, uh, boring looking encampments and installations and stuff like that. But I think there are firstly, you know, I. I like just being in a forest. Like, I, if I'm in a fo- if I'm in a pretty forest in real life, I'm not thinking, "Oh, this looks just like another forest that I saw somewhere <laughs> else." You know, this is meant to be. This is meant to be a relatively. It, it's not like Halo, where you can make far out things because maybe they should have set it on another planet, and maybe they, then they could have done that. But it's set on an island. Um, but actually, you know, the areas like the you know the beachside and stuff, I, they are <laughs> memorable to me because they are perhaps the best attempt at making near photorealistic you know areas in a video game yeah, that and at the like time, real world uh, a realistic forest was inc- an incredible achievement because of all the you know the moving leaves and the grass and even now the fact that you know I can take a huge gun off of one of the trucks and chop down trees to individual pieces like there's there's few I mean maybe the frostbite engine has, has started to do that but you know many technical achievements which they achieved with the original uh, crisis still aren't copied today because they're so power intensive you know, maybe yeah. maybe the, the, the next wave of consoles will you know, you know grasp upon some of the ideas that crisis laid as foundations I, I do know what Carl's saying about sort of like areas not being designed it's not they're not like valve would design an area you know exactly, to be yeah. the entirely to be you know every everything in there is is thought out to the nth degree and the whole thing's designed to funnel the player through in a certain way so that they have the best experience or or whatever um like one of the biggest shortcomings in crisis one is is some of the signposting is appalling and it will suddenly just not tell you how to progress yeah. like for ages you'll be saying well it will say go towards this green dot okay fair enough and get how, how you get there is up to you i appreciate that because you know there although it is true to a point that there are, you know, there's going to be like three entrances into a uh, into a Korean in, uh, encampment. It is your choice how to do it, and it doesn't it doesn't ha- hold your hand, which I like. But there are other points, like there's a point in the alien structure where it just doesn't say that you need to start killing things to progress. Like it it, it doesn't say you need to shoot all the enemies in this room to open the door. Like what? How would you? Like what? There's no logic to that. Why does that even? I had to look that up on a fact because I was just like, oh, I, I'm lost. I'm stuck in this room. How do I get out? So stuff like that is poor, and that's the stuff I was uh, referring to when I said that I think sometimes you know you can especially see with Crisis that this was a, a company that weren't expert games designers. Yes, absolutely. That the, there is a real lack of sort of gaming mechanics at its core. Um, you know, I always got the feeling with Crisis that the they wanted to go and send a message. They came up and they, they designed this incredible tech without 
trying to build the best game possible. Um, whereas with Crisis 2, they'd already had the engine, and the real core design for that was to build the best possible game they could and make it look great. I, I think I think for me that's why when you say the graphics elevate the experience, I don't I don't quite understand why that's a good thing because that just means in twenty years time no one's going to care about Crisis. Because, I don't necessarily think it is a good thing, yeah. but it's a thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying well that makes it a great game. I'm just saying that my experience with Crisis would have been weaker than it was, but for the fact that. I was enjoying being in those beautifully realised areas. Yeah, I, I think you know environments. If, if you were to look at it now, it, then it's an average 2007 shooter. But you can now still look at it and go, "Wow, it's a really pretty 2007 it's average first-person shooter." It's often the case, isn't it, when we always reference about going back to games and they're not exactly the same experience. It's you know, it does lose its visual appeal and it does have an impact. You know, the fact that Crisis does still look so stunning means that essentially it can be. Even though it's, as we keep saying, a 2007 game, it it can be played like a current game. I mean, before the show, we were talking about something like Alien Trilogy, which you just can't go back and play. But at the time, it felt like a great experience. And part of that is Mm. that the the whole visual appeal and the the mechanics have aged so much. And obviously, in Crisis, the mechanics have aged, but visually, it hasn't. So it still holds something in that regard. But Josh is right, in 20 years, that is going to be, in 20 years, Crisis will be an atrocious game. I don't think it will be atrocious game. It's just the thing that makes it memorable will have disappeared. That's all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it'll have some atrocious elements, I think, but it'll still be fundamentally playable because you know the the walking around, the jumping, the shooting works. It's not like a a game where you you go back to it and you can't actually just you know, uh, it's actually, actually the jumping to... around didn't really work <laughs> I kind of reference that but the shooting will work I mean in, in, in terms well, of going back in 20 I, years yeah. time it's not going to be there's not fun. a lot of jumping it's not going to be a whole lot of fun. I, I disagree with that I think there are two thirds of this game that are genuinely enjoyable I think like all this like I didn't have too much of a problem with the sections where I was fighting Koreans. That was I enjoyed those sections of the game. For me, it's the fighting the aliens that is going to make okay, this. Okay, I'm interested in this. A lot of people say this. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was a, it was a pleasant change. I liked the alien design. I thought they were fun. You had to completely rethink your tactics. So why did how why, much? Yeah, how, why? Can I just ask though? How I think that has a lot to do with the way you've chosen to play the entire game, though. But because uh, okay. I am a yeah. stealth gamer, for me right, those right. aliens are horrible because it suddenly forces me to play yeah. in a style that I never wanted to play in. That makes uh, that makes mm. perfect sense. I I actually quite like the the change of pace. Um, you know, I'm one of the the, the, the people that didn't mind. You know, the flood entering Halo. <laughs> I think they they serve mm. a purpose. You know, sometimes yep. they are. Fra- you know, absolutely frustrating, infuriating on occasions, uh, and some you know in, in crisis there were some alien encounters which I, I I really felt that were just you know mis mismanaged. But as an overall kind of tonal change, you know, I I felt like if I had another four hours of shooting Koreans, my mind would have you know just drifted off and fell asleep. I probably wouldn't have mm. bothered finishing the game. So I think they were offensively enough. portrayed North Koreans as well, yeah. which was a slight issue. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I think that the change of pace and actually you know. Um, bringing a different uh, look to the game, um, a different you know combat style to the game, although you know, it wasn't suitable for for stealth gameplay, was probably required. But um, yeah, to, towards the back end, I think that's when the real issues because they they start really up in the ante. They, they start throwing you know a lot of alien enemies on screen, and and then you know if we talked about the end boss, 
it just at that point it just you know just walks off the cliff for me <laughs> because I had nothing but issues with that emboss. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes the emboss. So there's a there's a there's a mini emboss which is is fine. I thought the the big exoskeleton sort of Walker boss uh, that that wasn't a great problem. And again, you know the the level of visual visual spectacle here is is impressive. This this looks like you know something you would have you would see in a in a decent budget Hollywood movie. It reminds me a lot of Halo Three scarabs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's loads of Halo influence, but and also yeah, it just reminds me of any number of big budget sort of nonsense sci-fi films with those types of aliens. That was also my favourite level that you're on about with the with the, the walking sub boss where you start in the house at the top of the hill and you can make your way down to all the way down the hill. That uh, we're talking about the carrier deck. I thought. Yeah, the, the sorry. Yeah, the walker is sort of introduced at that level where, which is why you leave the house and you and you fire oh, yeah, him through yeah. the water. That whole lead up into that. That was for me, hands down, the most solid bit of game design throughout that entire thing. That that felt like they really got a handle on what mm. they wanted to do, what the ideas were, and put it together into something great. And then they went and did the carrier deck. So <laughs> straight after yeah. it, which you know is it's, it's gone from for me the, the ultimate high point of that whole game to what is going to be almost unanimously the lowest point of that game but which the thing about it the final boss is and yes it comes as no surprise and as we're about 45 minutes in uh, we may as well talk about the final boss um it comes as no surprise that there's a giant big alien spaceship end boss um and i think if it was just that if it was just that big alien spaceship end boss okay, with yeah. turrets on it fine the point Here's is that absolutely yeah it absolutely hammers you with loads of other enemies at the same time Requiring you, you to get a steady lock on without being hit by a singular shot, and yeah, <laughs> and you can't. There's not enough cover, and they they're, they're airborne enemies, so they circle you and strafe you, which is fine. You know, they're, they're, that's another thing they remind me of. They, they look like the squiddies out of out of the Matrix, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the and there's again the the sense of heft and scale on things in this game. Like the, there's points earlier where the earthquakes, uh, the, the sort of the cliffs are falling apart. And um, use of sound throughout is really good. I think, regardless, you know, uh, if we'll sidestep the issue of overly loud guns, possibly only on the console version, I think the sound design is is strong, um, both environmentally and uh, is it Enon or Einon's uh, music? Enon, I believe. Perfect. Enon, perfectly uh, serviceable. You know, it's exactly the kind of thing you'd expect for a game like this. It's not, you know, earth shattering, but it works. Um, and the alien noises, I thought, were pretty cool as well. But um, yeah, so this giant boss looks massive and has a real sense of weight to it, but it just ends up to it being a classic, annoying final boss fight. I think yeah. uh, one of the real issues was, you know, obviously you get inundated with a wave after wave of, of standard enemies, is that you mentioned the lack of signposting. There's a lack of signposting from when you're getting hit what direction it's from and because the the boss is so high and you've got the, the stuff scattered about the, the the ship's deck and you've got these enemies coming around it, I found that that is the moment that that felt more like a PC game being run on a console than at any other time in that game um, hmm. I didn't have I, a problem with um, the, the, the reticle was telling me where I was being attacked from um, but definitely like I was being I attacked was in directions See, I, didn't get any, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get any heads up notification from the, the reticle at all and that's that's what started to frustrate me most of, uh, of, of, but like you said perhaps there were certain things with the you know the, the wide views and, and how much could be taken in because I felt 
it's strange. I almost felt lost, even though the environment you're in is not that big, and you know you can't really get lost on it. I felt lost at that moment in time from getting hit, and it was a real sort of battle of frustration. And I know we've had people mention on the on the forums that you know the, the, the being stuck at the at the end boss on the console, and I understand mm. why, and I'm not sure that the f- level of frustration. I had at that moment I would have ever felt on the PC version uh, well, I don't know <laughs> oh no I mean I'd, I'd probably understand that it was bad but the, the frustration that I had wasn't because it was a bad boss I just you know, once again I mean, we, we've always talked about end bosses and that they you know some get it right but more often they do all the same thing which is they just throw overwhelming odds against the player and the player is meant to feel you know all powerful because they beat those odds but all that does is it throws so much of the player you have you can't focus at the task in hand and your energy goes down faster than the damage you can deal I mean one good thing about the, the the PC version is there's a quick save option. So if you mm. did something you know spectacular and you got away of something, you know, wow, <laughs> I've managed to to take down that section. Thank God, yeah. I can quick save and and then just progress. But I never felt empowered. I just felt frustrated, overwhelmed, uh, annoyed, and left the game on a you know big disappointment. I, I played the game through on easy, partly for time and partly because I decided I wanted to play it with a controller on the big screen. Um, and I know that this, this, I mean, this is contentious in itself because people have said, well, it's, you know, it was definitely designed for a mouse and keyboard, which is absolutely true because not even all the controls are available if you have the Xbox uh, controller plugged in. But it does, it, it fundamentally works. Um, but for certain features, but there's some. There's a one of the enemy attacks uh, is is a freeze ray, which which encases you in ice. Uh, if you're not quick enough, you will die. Um, interesting thing: if you if you waggle the controller to try and escape the ice, you die. If you waggle the mouse, you escape it. <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> so I ended up having to grab the mouse uh, with my left hand whenever I got encased in ice. But even on easy, and I realised, you know, maybe I haven't done the game the best justice. But actually, I felt like the way I was going to play it uh, in terms of blasting my way through and, and stuff, it, it was fine. I think there's probably, you know, like people who got into playing Far Cry 2 on, you know, like playing Iron Man and Ultimate Difficulty and stuff like that. There, there might be a really superior crisis experience mm. to be had by turning it up to absolute maximum and trying to super stealth your way through the whole game. But frankly, I don't have time for that. But I'd be interested to hear if that's like the best way to play crisis you know to make it as difficult for yourself as possible but i think the problem with that would be when you get to things like this end boss like so you 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 may have played it on the hardest setting all the way through the game not been spotted at all you know killed everyone taken everyone out apart from the big bang explosion sections and then you're on a carrier deck being shot at by 18 squids who can probably kill you with one shot i died a lot even on easy on some of they make some mockery of the one thing that uh, is the highlight of the game the suit the suit becomes utterly useless its power is ineffective against what is being thrown at you yeah but um we'll come back to our uh, uh we'll do our summaries of each game at the end so uh wanted to talk a little bit about uh, crisis warhead which is a standalone uh re sort of um side story a, a retelling of some of the action from the other side of the island you're in control of psycho sykes who is jason statham who isn't played by jason statham i don't believe he just is jason jason statham uh this was coded by crytek budapest as opposed to the frankfurt arm uh different composer peter antofsky uh it's about half the length and um 
I noticed it does a lot of it sort of did a lot of streamlining so stuff like in Crisis 1 you have to pick up your ammo uh, manually for every gun um, in Warhead you just run over ammo in a more video game style there were various things like this I actually kind of like that in Crisis 1 when it when it kind of yeah. sucked the stuff up to it, it probably because it's more video game you know I think at the start yeah. I was like okay well I'm out of ammo so I need to put myself in harm's way and actually re-pick up this stuff towards the end of the game it was more of a frustration but yeah I, as a gaming conceit I kind of like oh, I, didn't, I didn't mind it but it was easier there were a few other things I, I, I foolishly failed to note them down. I literally only played this this afternoon, um, but there were there were a noticeable few concessions to making it a more player friendly experience. Um, this, yeah, it's more it's more action based. Uh, it introduces some new weapons. Um, the fact yeah. that it's more action based is exactly why I don't like it as much as the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that train section in um, uh, Crisis Warhead is awful. I hate it. It's the one I with it was the fine. turrets. <laughs> yeah, but when like the thing I'm here for is the stealth action kind of thing that I you're playing the wrong game. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> it, it felt like it was going away from the thing that I was uh, really enjoyed yeah. about the experience. Oh, that makes sense. And, and the fact that this sequence, I, I've this action sequence I've played in other games and it was done better. The train sequence in Uncharted 2 is so much better than this sequence in uh, Warhead. It's I, mm. I've just seen it done better and I've just found it really dull. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Josh. Um it, it it's got that aspect of almost like bigger, better, bad. More. Was it? Oh, what's the saying? <laughs> bigger, better, more. Badass. Bigger, badass. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it, it's got the. You know, we've upped the ante in every uh, regards, and you know, a lot of people love it because um, it apparently looks better. It runs cleaner on on more hardware. Mm. Um, but uh, like Josh, I, I just think you know, at the start of Crisis. Uh, that's a game with ideas up its sleeve when it comes to the add-on it feels very much like an add-on it feels like they went the safest route possible which is throw people at you you got bigger weapons mow them down um there's a there's a whole load of driving there's a whole load of turret sections in fact i think it probably makes up about half the game so when it does that that's that's to me it's always the easier way out than having to design something a bit more complex because it's just Essentially, you're you're running a turret sequence, um, and I just yeah, I'd, I'd liked. I thought they did a good enough job of turning Psycho into at least a three dimensional character, even if the the end. I'm like yeah, like I believe that you're a man of a heart. He's he's clearly not very. After he drowned someone face down. Yeah. In the <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say he was a three dimensional character. I just think he's a more fun character than uh, Nomad. He's just entertaining, whereas Nomad's just kind of boring. He's less three-dimensional than Jason Statham, and that is saying something. Mm. I like Jason Statham. Um, I actually thought... I actually, Well, there you go. I thought um, it worked... It was kind of... It worked for me because it was kind of more honest about the fact that Crisis is just a load of ridiculous uh, sci-fi shoot-em-up bombastic idiocy. So I was fine with Warhead. I rattled through it this afternoon and had a perfectly good time didn't have any particular um sticking points it had a few still a few signposting issues uh there were a couple of bits where i was like where the fuck do i go give me a clue 
Um, but other than that, I was quite happy with the various uh, on-rails sections and turret sections. The vehicles are good to control. You can make very large explosions, and part of my brain is very pleased by that in the same way that it is by Just Cause 2, which is a similarly vapid experience. <laughs> It's uh, it is actually um, it's actually got a good and boss battle. Um, I was going to say, come back to the vehicles. Playing um, Crisis Two again, there's actually a, a couple of like tank sequences and and in truck sequences there, and they're markedly better than they what what they are in Crisis. Going back to and uh, messing around in Crisis, they felt very much like they were you know this is big open world and you've got a, a little bit of control over the vehicles, but they they feel quite loose. Actually, the Crisis One feels. The vehicles aren't particularly good at all, I found, and they did a better job in Warhead. But actually, once you get to Crisis 2, there's a remarkable improvement over how those handle. So, mm. but uh, no, I, yeah, I really definitely. enjoyed the end of um, Warhead. I think that was the best part of the game. Once again, another kind of big boss battle you've got to take down, but there's a less, a lot less going on around you, and you've got now a, a super gun that can can rip through enemies within one shot, which I found a lot more entertaining. Yeah, definitely. So I guess uh, I guess Carl hasn't played Warhead. Based on the crisis history. No, I, I own it, but I've never had the chance to play it. Yeah, so. and it hasn't come to uh, console as yet. I it, guess it probably no, won't. it yeah. almost certainly um, won't. And the rest of us all played it last week or yeah. today, in my case. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's there. Like as we were saying, you know, if you're if you're buying Crisis for PC, um, it's it often comes with Warhead in a bundle. So uh, no harm, no foul. Um, so, which brings us on to Christ. I dug out an interview with Chebat Yearly from a couple of years ago now, Gamescom 2011. Uh, he was quite critical of Crisis 2's performance and certain elements of it. He said, It was profitable, but we made some mistakes with Crisis 2. We expected certain areas to work better. Ratings-wise, I was disappointed. It's a decent game, 85 rated worldwide. He actually said that. Sold over 3 million <laughs> units now. The amount of sweat, effort and money we put into this project, it was a difficult business for us. It was not that we don't believe in crisis the, conce- crisis, the concept and the DNA is strong. We could have done a better job marketing it as well with EA. Little dig, I think. Uh, I think that was one of the issues. We could have done it better in a lot of areas, really. Interesting. Citing the article I was, I was saying about the original crisis, how, where they took that, I remember the article also talking about Crisis 2. Um, 
and a lot of it has been made up the the New York setting how um, it was done purely so they could fit Crisis 2 onto consoles at that point mm. because there's a lot less scope distance. Um, there yeah. <laughs> and actually you know what they they were pointing out is that that you have to remember they were creating forests and open worlds you know since Far Cry so they've been doing it for what best part of 10 years mm. um, and they were bored of doing that they they yeah. wanted a different challenge. Um, you know yeah, whether you cool. you can believe that or not. I think clearly it makes uh, the decision to to move over to consoles a lot easier when you narrow down the scope of uh, something like the cities. Mm. But you know I I do I think there is a, a maybe a, a grain of truth in there that they just had enough of doing the the open world forests and a bit of uh, water scenery in between. Yeah, I think um, we'll see a comment from Tom Fum Tom Bradstock later um, who felt as a as a long-standing fan of the game and as a, as a committed pc gamer not that he's not a console gamer but he felt like that it was a bit of a betrayal to their kind of core audience that they went down the console route i mean i i suppose i would say it was you know probably a business decision in that probably if so many pc owners didn't pirate the shit out of <laughs> pc games they might not have released it on ps3 and uh and 360 well, rumors has it after they're done with crisis 3 they're going to free to play what well, you know free to play they are making games. a free-to-play yeah. game. They're yeah. making a lot of games so, at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're saying never well. doing a triple-A game again. Yeah, Time Splitters apparently is something they're going to be doing something with. Interesting. Um, maybe Time Splitters free-to-play. That would make a lot of sense, actually. But um, but Crisis 3 is imminently upon us, if you're listening to this podcast around the time it comes out. Is it next Friday, Crisis? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I haven't looked at it too much. Um, I feel slightly more inclined to now that I've just played through Crises 1 and 2 uh, sorry Crisis 1 and Warhead back to back and uh, had a little refresher of Crisis 2 uh, so what's yeah I've, I said my history mine was I played it a few months after it came out after borrowing it off Carl what about you guys Tony I played it on the 360 I believe day of launch um, I won it in a competition for the uh, for the 360, and uh, check you out. Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah, and played it through on the consoles. Mm-hmm. Carl, I actually got a hold of the online multiplayer beta. Um, yeah, we did that as well. I, I remember playing it, and I, it, it's weird because it it felt wrong. Or awkward to me to play it, mm. but the environment itself that I was in, the, the map that they included, the rooftops map, felt like it was phenomenally well designed for for mm-hmm. my own mm. personal style. The fact that there was a clear level of you know verticality you could go underneath, around, over the top, and through. Um, I remember thinking that if you know even if only half the maps are like this, there's so much potential in the multiplayer. So at that point, I started barraging. Tony and uh, a mutual friend of ours, Paul, to start to pick it up so that we could play it on multiplayer. Because I'm a bit of a bully. If I like something, <laughs> if I like something, my friends have got to buy it to play it with we me. We did play quite a bit of that beta and, as well. And um, in, in in the end, you know, I, I, as I played more of the beta, I thought I'm de- I'm definitely buying it. I got a half price code for the EA shop and I bought it on the 360 through their store for about for, I believe it was 20 or 25 pounds I can't remember what the original price was that had it up um, and got it day one and, and, uh, and rather than jump into the single player like I'm presuming the majority of people did um, I stuck with the multiplayer for and mm. with a final multiplayer time of 105 hours I um 
we'll come back to the multiplayer because it, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But uh, I do actually recall seeing Crisis Two running on, on the 360 uh, before its launch, back at the Eurogamer. Oh, it was bugged. It was shit, and it was, it was horrendous. Absolutely, yeah. I, I believe it probably got voted the worst game at the show purely because mm. they would brought a build where the the frame rate was in single figures. There was popping. It, it clearly wasn't ready for for public uh, human consumption, yeah, yeah. public viewings. <laughs> um, and everybody yeah. said it was going to be a complete disaster for consoles. Um, you know, which I don't. You know, it turned out not to be the case. They they really must have done a huge amount of work. Well, that was a horrendous build because mm. it was only a, a few months later that it came out. And before we get talking about the game and our experiences it has to be noted that this was um i think a lot of the hate comes from pc gamers that when the the game was originally um announced for obviously for pc as well as consoles uh, they were quite upset about the, the fact that crisis was going to turn up on the consoles because mm. in some respects they had lost an exclusive title which made the pc more desirable but not only that they were promised that don't worry, there was going to be no compromise on graphics <laughs> and it wasn't going to be like a console port. It was going to be its own version on PC. And upon release, it was very much not that. It basically was a straight port from um, the console's versions. Mm. Um, it had DirectX 10 when DirectX 11 was promised. It had it didn't have HD textures. It only had the standard te- textures. It had no sliders. It was basically low, medium, or high. Um, yeah. And you know, you're going from something that was the benchmark and still was the benchmark up until that point of PC gamers and they were basically given a, a console point now it's very different now uh, they, they made good on all their promises it is now DirectX 11 it has all the whiz, whiz bangs it has HD texture packs it has tons of mods that make it look even more astonishing um, so it has finally caught up and it is a, a spectacular game to run on a high end PC and it looks gorgeous so. but it's interesting start, yeah, um, so obviously, you know, we are and I am format agnostic, but I cannot deny my eyes the fact was that going directly from Crisis and Crisis Warhead on running at very high on a PC to the PlayStation 2 version of Crisis 2 was a bit of a shocker. Um, my initial impression was, oh, actually, yes, yeah, this looks pretty... <laughs> you did two again. PS2. I've decided it's a PS2. <laughs> Yeah, PS3. Um, yeah, so my initial reaction, the opening sequence, like, oh, okay, this looks pretty decent, actually. I'm surprised how it, but once once I got into the game, it, it didn't look, it didn't, it yeah, it wasn't kind. I think in isolation, it looks absolutely fine uh, for a PS3 game, current gen console game, but by comparison, it's, a, it's uh, yeah, it was striking, to be honest. I, I, well, if you play it now on the PC with everything turned on, I think it's a, a, a better looking game what Crisis is, so. yeah. Yeah, I'll try and pick it up in a sale. Um, so they got a writer on for Crisis 2, uh, Richard K. Morgan, or Rich- Richard K. Morgan in America, Richard Morgan in England. Um, so he took the story to New York, although I suspect that was probably decided by the scenario the, the developers came up with. Um, it had a whopping four composers on the music this time, Borislav Slavov, Tilman Siliescu, and Hans Zimmer, and his uh, known assistant, Lorne Balfi. Um, I don't know who did what. I don't. It doesn't really say. But uh, yep, it's got some composers, including one famous one. Um, so, what are the things the game does different? It, it's substantially better in every department for me. Um, I, I, speaking as somebody who likes to play stealth, Crisis Two is a far 
better stealth game. There are lots mm. of little um, adjustments they've made. Uh, one thing I really like is that they simplified the uh, suitabilities so that you, uh, on the consoles, you literally had to tap two shoulder buttons to shift from armor mode to stealth, and the uh, jump and the you know punch ability were just triggered by holding down a button rather than actually transferring power to a different section of your suit, which was much mm. better. But also, they the, that enabled me as a, uh, a stealth player to go in and out of cloaks so much easier. Um, there were situations, uh, one of the free word reviews actually references this, where you can just sit in a corner turn off the stealth shoot a guy then turn it back on again and the and you know if you shoot while the stealth is on the energy just automatically drains but because they've implemented this much simpler system it's not it's not a big deal because you can just go in and out of stealth really easily but also if you have a silenced pistol the silenced pistol doesn't actually drain the energy of the suit when you use it so you mm. can just go around popping people in the head he- in the head with a uh, with a Silence pistol and nobody knows you're there it's so great yeah i mean i think there's i think there's a difference between compromising and streamlining i think a lot of pc gamers feel like crisis 2 was compromised because they took away certain abilities that you know made they feel like made that more tactical um for me i think they just streamlined the the abilities and made them more usable um and and like just says um Instead of feeling like I was, you know, attacked one person and I was then swarmed by a billion ants, I felt that I was the master of the battlefield, that the suit itself gave me the chance to be completely tactical aware. So, I mean, I've been through this game, I think my latest playthrough was my third playthrough. I've played it on easy, medium and, and you know, the, the hardest difficulty. And that adds, you know, different, you know, fun elements to it. And when you play on hard you really do have to stealth through because if if you do get spotted you pretty much die instantaneously and that that adds an element to it okay you know my my stealth suit only has maybe 15 paces on it before it powers run out um where can i get to which is the best angle who do i need to take down um which i I never had that in in the original crisis but if you play it more uh, aggressively um going into to armor mode you feel completely powerful until that suit runs out and at that point you feel like a completely bare naked baby um that you know you take one or two shots and you, you get taken down so even when you're in armor mode you have to play tactically and i just think because they close down the environments the actual gameplay environments uh there's less um there may be less combat but the combat that is there is that much more satisfying because you have choices as a player rather than just oh my god they're on me let's run or let's go completely barraging in. Carl, you played a lot of uh, Crisis 2 in single player? Um, I, I played it sort of on and off, and then when I realised that I believe Tony had had it glitch on them and our friend Paul had had it glitch with the difficulties, I decided to go and wait for a patch and go, back, super yeah, soldier, and go yeah. back at a later date to do the Super Soldier difficulty so I didn't get glitched. Um, and I actually finished off my Super Soldier difficulty completion today and got glitched. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a pointless waste of time. Um, that said, it was interesting to play it in Super Soldier difficulty. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people who listen to the show know I'm not one to make broad statements, but uh, <laughs> Crisis 2, as Josh said, is a superior game to Crisis 1 in every single possible way. Um, 
the environmental design is so much smarter. They've thought about how it affects the player. They've thought about, as as I mentioned with the multiplayer, verticality plays a huge part, and obviously we're better than mm. New York. And I, like everyone else, are totally fed up with New York in games, yet this still feels fresh and impressive um, and original. And most of all, just incredibly authentic to, to a real city it feels in distress um as tony said the, the the suit has more of an impact in this game because you actually feel that you are a super soldier all the you, all the ai are, oh we need your help we need you to do this and you think yeah well you know what i can do it i'm so much bigger and better and more badass than everyone else here so you definitely get the master chief vibe uh, exactly in this and and it's just a whole. It's just so much slicker. The you know the, the being able to upgrade elements of the suit so that you can do like stomps and and track bullets and and visually trace enemy steps from where they've been. The stealth actually plays a part now because you're you you're more in the open. So you're looking for like little crates or walls or buildings to quickly jump into to hide and 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 build up your energy so you can go out and stealth again. There are elements. There there were some levels in there that I completed on Super Soldier. I didn't get spotted. I didn't fight anybody. I went straight all the way through playing it was stealth. And, and, and but and that's it works. that's incredibly brave and confident game design as well because you're taking a essentially a first person shooter and you're saying you don't have to first-person shoot. Oh, uh, that, that, absolutely. How often does that ever happen? It, it's so <laughs> that, you know, smart. They're brave enough to say you can you know, move through an entirety of the level, and long as you're actually not being spotted, uh, and you have, we give you the ability to do so, then you don't actually uh, have to engage in any combat. And, That's and just it actually, it doesn't just just feel, it doesn't just feel like it has to be played stealth. Like when I, when I would play something like Dishonored, it felt like it had to be one way or the other, and it, it didn't really lend itself to mixing and matching. I can go full power I can go I can mix a match or I can go full stealth in crisis too and as someone I have seen it running on a, on a PC my, my friend's got it and it is absolutely jaw dropping but as someone who played this throughout a whole console from beginning to end I honestly still believe it is the best looking game on consoles That the last section with the particle effects and the smoke and is just I, I don't know how they did that two years ago on the 360 um it doesn't skip a beat. It's the frame rate is rock solid, and as I mentioned with Crisis One, it, it felt like when they went into that, they went in to build the most technically competent, impressive, mind-boggling game they possibly could. With Crisis Two, they definitely decided that they're going to build a brilliant game. And the biggest compliment I can give it, uh, as I was playing it, this felt like if Metal Gear Solid was to ever do a first-person game, it would be a lot like this, just with a more bombastic story, but with the mix of stealth and the power and the suit and the the fluidity of combat and everything this this they could have just called this metal gear shooter <laughs> bang, bang, I don't, I don't think awesome. it's quite as good as Metal Gear Solid. No, no, but I'm I saying don't think it's anything. But it, it felt no. very much like it belonged in the Metal Gear world with the with the suit. You know, you obviously you played Metal Gear Solid Four. You've got the, the stealth element in there. You've got the the way it upgrades the combat that could very easily be easily be ported. I the thing is, I think I really enjoy Crisis Two mechanically, and I do mm-hmm. agree with, with what you're saying about it mechanically. But I still think the problem that I had with the first game is present here in that I feel like Crisis 2 still 
lacks any kind of unique identity that it can call its own. And there are a lot of things about this game that while I think this game doesn't have the obvious problems that um, Crisis 1 did. Like, for example, I like fighting the aliens in this because I can take out the aliens stealthily in this, unlike Crisis 1, and all sorts of improvements like that. But there are other games that I've played that do the things at Crisis 2 better. And just also the storyline in Crisis 2. They, you know, they say they hired like a writer specifically to write this game. I wouldn't have noticed if, if unless you told mm. me. Because the storyline, again, is just completely dull, what? you know, popcorn nonsense. And what is interesting is that apart from Prophet, none of the characters carry over from the original Crisis. Yeah. And Prophet is only in there at the very start, basically handing the suit over. Is it Alcatraz? I think you end up yeah. uh, playing. And he be handing over the suit and the mantle. Um, yeah. See, I've, I'm quite taken aback by this outpouring of praise for this game because I feel more like Chevat Yearly does about it. That it's clearly, it's not that great. It's It's fine. It's very bland. It's enjoyable enough. It's got no personality. I don't think it looks that great. Certainly not the best-looking game on consoles. A million miles from that for me. Just because it's lack of style. Maybe on a technical level it's impressive. Although, as I say, in comparison now to even the original Crisis, not so much. But I had a fine time with it, but it's so totally forgettable. It holds your hand so much as well. At least for Crisis Floors... Maybe it doesn't have stunning level design or you know or or AI. It certainly doesn't. Um, but at least it allows you to play in the world, which is something I appreciate. Crisis Two doesn't really. It leads you on to that style of gameplay that you're talking about. The the you know the go into uh, stealth and then pop out and shoot and it. And I remember that's how I played it, which is unusual for me. Um, and it was fun, you know, don't get me wrong it, there was a satisfaction enjoy, enjoyment to that, but it just felt very I don't know, it is it was it was straddling a, a fine line between streamlined and dumbed down for me even though I hadn't played the original, but you know what I mean it didn't feel like a particularly um, demanding game tactically speaking at all I think I think my, my fun with it is more the, the ease and pick up and play sort of nature the fact that I like games like one one of my real issues with with Crisis One was the fact that it the levels both felt long, but they also didn't feel like they were segregated at all. And th this every level is quite clear because you're progressing through New York, which obviously helps because you've got a visual reference. Um, but but of course, most of my compliments about Crisis Two really purely to the multiplayer. That's where the vast majority of my time has gone into Crisis Two, and I'm mm. I'm not going to try and con the world into thinking it's the greatest single player game ever. It's not. It's um it's fun. It's good. It's solid. Um, there are many worse. Um, but this does a, a a very good job of action and stealth, which I think is my point was that the the majority of games that offer both don't do it in a way that you know it feels as solid one way as it does the other and you mm. know and I, and I think that is where I enjoyed it because there were some sections where I would perhaps get stuck in and then you know as I said it's basically mix and match in player styles and I'm very much more a stealth gamer I mean 
if I, if I can go stealth, that's the way I'm always going to go. I, I think that's where my praise for this... I, I started off really positively, and I think where that comes from is just I, I enjoy a lot of the moment-to-moment stuff that the mechanics allow. Uh, but as as a whole, I, I, I do get what uh, Leon is saying. It is kind of forgettable when you compare it to other games in the market. Like, I, I'm not... I'm not going to compare Crisis 2 to, say, Half-Life 2 as an action shooter, and I'm not going to compare it to uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution as a stealth game. But the fact that it does both to a relatively good degree is, you know, something to be praised. Uh, But, yeah, again, like, it's just completely void of a unique personality uh, but you know i think i personally for me the personality comes from the suit um to, to say it's just you know it, it feels like just like any other game that has no personality i think you know the the suit stuff hasn't really been achieved to the same degree i found in other games i, I it's so free-flowing in two where it doesn't feel like that at all in one um that i think you know the problem lies more in the fact that once again the story isn't of anything of any real interest um you know characters come and go there's there's actually some you know pretty decently put together cutscenes but as the the characters are all new in this one i had no kind of well i mm. hadn't played one beforehand but it it felt quite bitty um and although new york is is fantastic it actually doesn't appear in too much of the game it's it's there in the very start that they they are quick to then push you down into the undergrounds for for big sections or inside buildings and then you make the the big reappearance at the very end where yeah there is a rather impressive end end scene with new york or was it green park being lifted from the ground up <laughs> yeah, into the uh, kind of ludicrous into the but sky but it's, that is one of the few memorable it is uh, it. it is entertaining but uh, you know i I I really like the moment to moment gameplay and um you know could it be better like where where it becomes less memorable than you know some of the best halo games etc is the fact that you know I, I don't really remember exactly what happened uh, other than you know just you know moment to moment gameplay um so you know it sh- for sure it has its weak points but going back to it again now I still feel like it, it's one of the stronger first person shooter uh, entries that the market has has received but you know is it up there with the very best I, t- I don't know v- the very best have you know unique aspects to them all and you know I, I think its unique aspect is its combat but if you didn't enjoy that if, if that is the case with Leon then I can understand how you would fall into no, the same I, I trap. No I enjoyed it I enjoyed it enough it's just it, it just sounded it, it seemed like you guys were going it was Fucking awesome! No, no. I don't think it is, but <laughs> um, but let's talk about so the the, the multiplayer. Um, it was that was handled by Crytek UK, so good old British bully beef product or something. Um, so you put over a hundred hours in, Carl. Uh, you played it some as well, Tony. Yeah, fair bit. I've played it as well. Yeah. Okay, I, I I think I might have had one round, which is something I tend to do with a lot of <laughs> games that I played for the single player, obviously because I didn't even own the copy I was playing at the time. Um, and heaven knows if I would get a game if I uh, booted it up on... Probably because of the PS Plus giveaway, there's probably people still playing it on PlayStation, but um, I don't know. So uh, what's, what's, what's good about it, and why should people play it over any number of other things? What I would say is that... The the most frustrating thing about the multiplayer was even at the time and I played it from its release for a, a good four or five months after its release throughout that period of time uh, for a consistent period and there wasn't a whole lot of people playing it then um, 
many of them were were European, mm. um, and it wouldn't be a surprise to keep seeing the same names. Um, you know, the, 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 I always remember there was a player called Adron Zero Nine, and I would see him almost every night, and it, it was it was kind of weird because you're like. <laughs> There's all these people playing all these games online. Why do you keep seeing the same game attack? And I never thought anything of it. And then I looked on the leaderboards one day and he was way above everyone else. He was actually number one in the world. But it, that gives you a scale of how few people were playing it at the time. And that was a real shame because obviously I believe it is an incredibly solid experience. So going to play Crisis 2 now, multiplayer, I wouldn't recommend. Um, and with the emphasis on Hunter's Mode in Crisis 3, perhaps... You know, I even had to get confirmation from a developer that the same level of multiplayer was actually in Crisis Three. So, it, you you might be best just sticking with that. But the re- the reason I particularly loved Crisis Two was that every customization, which you know is is nothing new. So many games have it, but it felt personal. Like you would have your own, you'd have the weapon set up exactly how you want. You'd have your suit skills, um, your overriding abilities, such as like I, I would go with uh, fast reload. Um, and uh, power, a power boost, and uh, that completely changed my game style compared to anything else. And having these different styles really impacted on play. And it, it, lent, it you know, it goes back to what I said about the beta. When you when you played it, it felt a little raw, like it didn't feel quite right. And it's because nothing was sort of leveled up the way you wanted it. And, and once you got a suit style that you were so happy with it totally changed that as a game and map for map crisis 2 is as good as any multiplayer in any game and that for years um from probably about 1997 through till about 2006 all i did was play a multiplayer game so i'm quite well versed on shooters and all the maps felt like there was a real quality about it now all the maps are actually in the single player campaign and you don't necessarily explore them because unless you're going for the collectibles which was a way to sort of boost exploration around the world but once you've gone into the multiplayer you realize how well designed they are because the the points that I made about the rooftop level actually went on to nearly all of them bar perhaps the lighthouse level in that the the verticality played a part in that not only could you go above yourself but often below yourself and through buildings and it created a game that was so fast-paced yet tactically balanced that anyone who played something like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, or Call of Duty 4, um, would know that it had that certain... It felt special in multiplayer. It felt fast, and then perhaps it went too fast into a style that maybe you didn't enjoy as much. Crisis 2 felt like the purest version of that because it was essentially the gunplay the speed but without the you know being able to call in the radar and the drone strikes and uh, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot your the the powers that you called in in crisis 2 played a much different part because you would play and you could call in like a Ceph dropship but it wasn't like a terminator like the like a helicopter and it was it you would play a team base and you would see their whole team would would turn and shoot this Ceph gunship down and it the the fact that you had the suit and it was built around the suits and the weapons sort of promoted this really intrinsic use of team play, multiplayer that you, you there were very few solo soldiers in this game and it, it was just so much fun to play as part of a squad or on your own and having people to play with like I would play with Tony um, for quite a short period of time I don't think I played that much with him um, and I, I played a bit with Josh and but I played, I played a lot with other friends and it, it was just 
really really solid you didn't mind what level or what mode came on next you, and and that is the best thing that you I, I can say about that game is that I never felt like oh I've got to play this map to get to the next one oh I've got to play this mode it was like oh great let's just get on with it and people just never left and you, it formed this sort of as I said with so few players it sort of built this strange little community to enjoy and it was really sort of willing to take on new players although it did have a learning curve but when it all came together, it was just such a fantastic experience to play. Well, I didn't play quite as much as you, but I, I put over 30 hours into it. Um, so, you know, I, I think Call of Duty is a good reference point. Um, but what makes it different, I, I find like Call of Duty is very much, and, and it's more acerbated nowadays, where you just go in and it's every man for itself and you die almost as fast as you spawn and, and you repeat the whole process again. With the suit abilities, it, it really played into a different feeling, Call of Duty. So you'd push yourself down into a, a lower section here, there will be a huge firefight, that there's a lot of destructibility, so you know stuff will be breaking off the scene around you, and you push yourself into a corner. Now, normally, if you were just playing Call of Duty, you know you'd be in the corner, you'd feel pretty helpless because you've kind of pushed yourself into a situation. If anyone sees you, you're dead. But here, you could go into stealth mode, and you could actually kind of encamp yourself, and people would wander by, and you'd come out of stealth, and and you know blast them and go into armor mode and, and take them down quickly then go back into stealth and nobody would know you'd even been there and then if somebody sussed out your location you could actually go into stealth and move out of those locations um, You know, although it's only a short period of time you could do that but you'd buy yourself enough time to get out there now everything had a counteract to it so you had more kind of the heat vision so you could see if people were in stealth you had trackers that, that, that picked up but you'd have to then forego uh, other aspects of your suits which could be really useful for actually killing people so you it really played into what you wanted to do as a player and like carl said the verticality was fantastic um there's there's quite big maps there's a great lighthouse map where you'd you know push into a base and then you know the, the other person's base would be out in the open but of course you know they had to traverse the open to you where you had to tackle you know their their fortified base but but once again with stealth you could do both and still achieve those goals because um, you know you could get a little bit closer. But once that suit had gone down, you'd left yourself vulnerable. It had some really neat and clever ideas. Um, unfortunately, it didn't catch on as, as much as it needed to. Needed to, but um, I think that wasn't through a lack of game design. And I, I'm with Carl. I, I think it was one of the better multiplayer games I've played this generation. Um, once again, sadly lost because. Do anybody play the games outside of Call of Duty, Battlefield, and, and Halo? And it, it seems to be maybe no, which is a shame. Does anyone play Halo? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think a lot it. of it with Crisis Two does fall on, and I, I know it was it was mentioned before. I, there was a real lack of advertising for this game. Nearly everything that I read promoting Crisis Two prior to launch were journalist comments in magazines saying they've been invited out to Germany and they've watched the game being played, and it's this good and that good. And I'm like, why aren't I hearing this from? The likes of EA and when Crisis 2 came on it was advertised you'd have all this talk online and you know what communities are like oh, and more tacked on multiplayer oh, I want a single player game or oh, it should be PC only and all that and it felt like there was a real lack of people willing to just say you know what I'm going to give it a try and have a bit of fun with it and Crisis 2 is one of those ones that didn't feel like it was a tacked on multiplayer and I admit that that several games do detect on multiplayer. We've mentioned it on on games on this show. I mean, The Darkness is an obvious one, but something like Crisis Two totally stood on its own merits 
as a fantastic experience. The cool parts that Tony mentioned, like you know, backing yourself into a corner and going invisible and seeing an enemy back in, and he's thinking the same thing, yeah. but you can see him. <laughs> so you just sort of grab him round and you sort of, you do the old stealth, stealth takedown and yeah. you move on, and it just. There's so and many you, things. You watch that, the kill count as yeah. you actually do that, and, and you think you idiot. It just brings a smile to your face. Some of the things that you would see and do, and when you play that game, and Crisis, people are looking forward to Crisis Three, and they're like, "Oh, it, it, the world looks brilliant. You get a bone arrow and this and that." And all I'm thinking is, "Come on, more multiplayer." So I think the fact that I enjoy a single player, yeah, it's in there. And I enjoy uh, a single player as much as anyone else, but a good multiplayer gets me seriously excited. It's developed by the same team, um, Crytek UK. Be interesting to see if they can do it again. It'd be interesting to see this time as well, the the different, because Crytek are promising that Crisis 3 is going to, you know, knock it out of the park on PC. Sort of how, how consoles, how the console ports will look and perform. In, in this third one um, hopefully they'll be well optimised sorry Josh. Uh, as uh, my opinion on the multiplayer is slightly less positive than you and Tony uh, I, f- I do agree that at, for a, a multiplayer mode that for a lot of people uh, a lot of people wrote off as tacked on it certainly isn't that it's a lot better than it has any right to be but again this is a case of I think there are other games that do what uh, Crisis 2 does a lot better. I don't think any of the stealth stuff in Crisis 2 even comes close to comparing to the thrill of playing as a spy in Team Fortress 2, for example. And I don't think the general action gameplay is as good as Halo multiplayer. I I, I think it's good, but I, I think there are better options out there. Uh, but I mean, you, would you say that the action is as good in Team Fortress Two and the stealth is good in Halo? I think the action, yeah. Well, it depends what class you pick in Team Fortress Two, but, of but course. Team, but but yeah. Team Fortress is a completely different beast of a multiplayer game. That's like comparing Battlefield with Coddled Call of Duty. <laughs> no, I'm not taking the whole game though. I'm taking aspects of that game and comparing it to aspects of another game. And if you're after that kind of gameplay, this game does it better. And if you're after a certain other kind of gameplay this kind of game does it better I think, I just don't think any individual, I think the individual parts that construct Crisis 2 are done better elsewhere I'd, and I'd, I'd like to agree with you but I've, I honestly think that that really, well not isn't the case because you know, Team Fortress 2 is a spectacular game Battlefield is a spectacular game but I, I, I honestly think after you know the 30 plus hours I put into the game that it, it could actually, given the right player base, could have quite easily sat alongside those games um, you know, but that's not taking anything away from those other titles because they're spectacular in, in their own right. Suffice to say it's probably better than many have given it credit for at least um, and it'd be interesting to see if uh, my prediction is that the Crisis 3 multiplayer will probably be about as popular as the Crisis 2 multiplayer was probably even less but it'd be interesting to see if they've maintained the quality obviously it'll be for people like Carl who put sufficient enough time and you Tony I think 30 hours is good enough to get a gauge um whether they've actually managed to to nail it again. at least they've been advertising it i mean the hunters mode has been well yeah there's there was interesting wasn't it interesting that there was uh there was that little dig about i mean you know he he was careful to say chebat yearly you know we could have done a better job marketing yeah. it with ea but you do wonder if that's a bit of a there's a bit of a barbed comment about that whether crisis 3 will have any more sort of overall advertising i don't know but um 
I, I suppose that another problem is that there's probably even more of a divided user base now as well with three different versions p- probably selling a number each I don't know also I think that you know the comment of you know, it limped its way to three million copies is that three million like once again it, he, he didn't say well limped. but you know they yeah. seemed disappointed that it, it it managed to hit three million then they would like significantly more because of the time and effort and money put into this this product and I, I don't know even even with free I, I can't see it I I like I really do like the franchise, but I can't see free being the this runaway success that's going to be. I'll be surprised if it sold three million again. I agree. I think I yeah. think Crisis Three is certainly coming out at the wrong time of the uh, of the generation gap. Um, you know, it yeah. would certainly be aided with being in the first eighteen to twenty four months of the next generation than the last twelve of this one. So. Well, then you have even less units to ship to. I mean, if you're looking for the best part of by the, by the sounds of it, they want more than three million. I mean, you've got to get those consoles to more than three million. If you're the standout game, visually and audibly, then 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 you've got that going for you. Crisis Three. I mean, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it, and um, the the promise seems to be, and a lot of the, the gameplay trailers would suggest that it's a mixture of both Crisis and Crisis Two combined. Um, there's a more kind of a free 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 rooming aspect to it, a lot bigger environments. Um, New York has been taken over by overgrowth, so the the, the jungle ish environment, our jungle esque environments are, are back. Um, there's and now we've got both jungles. Yeah, and there's there's you know. They're, they're talking about stealth gameplay. Obviously, there's a bow because every game now needs a bow. Um, and there's a great gameplay video actually out there where they tackle uh, a section of or a level, and they show 15 minutes um, of doing it in action and 15 minutes of doing it in uh, stealth. And you know the different routes you can take, uh, how different enemies react, and you know each one looks like a, a fairly independent and fun thing to do. So and it looks spectacular what what they were showing on on the video. So it'll certainly sell copies to people who have say recently bought new PCs um, that demographic the hardcore uh, PC gamer who wants mm-hmm. to see their machine tested again um, you know it's, it could be already the first game that I play where I, I can't run it at full specs on my new PC and I would need to add in more RAM and another graphics card or something like don't that don't go down so. that route dude <laughs> it's a dangerous no, place it's a dangerous <laughs> and expensive path mm. yeah indeed from the forum Alex79UK says, When I first heard about Crisis, I was pretty excited. It looked to me, at least, like a true successor to the original Far Cry game, far more so than the actual Far Cry sequel we got. When Crisis was released, I was pretty sure my computer wouldn't run it, so I borrowed it from a friend. I was glad I did. It ran like a tortoise swimming in treacle. It wasn't until years later that I finally purchased it from the PlayStation Network store for about a tenner. At first I found I wasn't enjoying it at all. I loved the graphics, the island setting and the ambient audio, audio, but the game itself I found frustrating. Then someone on a forum suggested I stopped trying to play it like Call of Duty and it finally clicked. Crawling through the undergrowth, cloaked, then aim at an enemy's head, pop out from under my cloak, bang, one shot hill. One shot kill, recloak. I felt like an invisible killing machine and it felt good. I really enjoyed the game right up to the final boss on the aircraft carrier, which is where my save game remains to this day. I'd played the game through on a hard difficulty setting and I didn't want to drop it just because I couldn't beat the last boss, which I still haven't. Despite enjoying the game, I wasn't particularly fussed about getting the second game, but when it came out for free on PS Plus, I obviously snapped it up. I know a lot of people weren't so keen on the sequel, but I much preferred it. 
It seemed like everything just worked better in the second game. I couldn't describe to you why or how I enjoyed it more. I just did. The combat just seemed more fun. I couldn't tell you anything about the nonsensical storyline in either game, but they were fun and they were a fun packed ride from start to finish. The trailer for the third game looks awesome and I'm definitely looking forward to it this time. Uh, one thing I was going to uh, ask, maybe Carl knows, when you play Crisis 1 on a PC with a controller, uh, like a heathen, <laughs> uh, you can't actually go prone. Um, you can only crouch. Now, did they manage to put the prone into the console-specific no. version? There's no prone in the console no. version either. Okay. It probably isn't that useful, but I think maybe if you're really trying to stealth it, you'd want to be able to go prone. But um, yeah, you have to press the Z key, even if you're playing it on a 360 controller. Brilliant. Uh, what the other things you can't do if you're using controller without a keyboard in reach? I think uh, you can't tab enemies, you can't zoom the map. Uh, you can. Other things, I know you can tag enemies on the on the console version just by holding a highlight. So that's one change they made, and you can also use the sticks to break out of ice. So that that was also a positive addition to the console yeah, version. Yeah. Del B two K. First off, the inconsequential. The story, for what it's worth, is just another alien invasion with no real attempt to change anything around. As a canvas, it is horribly dull, and graphically the 360 definitely suffers due to what seems to be a particularly odd filter, or just a lower resolution. Not entirely sure which, possibly both. Either way, it was definitely compromised, but not in a way that really affected the game too much. Both of these were more blights than problems, and a shame after so much effort was spent on the actual combat experience. Next, the downright irritating, which was pretty much just the final boss who was horribly crap. A real letdown, and the pacing of the last few levels with the alien involvement really dragged it down. It is a linear game with an ideological sense of freedom that it, can, uh, that it never quite manages to fulfil. I wanted the player to be the ultimate expression of power, might and cunning. While it was never open world, it took the best parts of that to present scenarios where the powers available to me could be used however I saw fit. Sometimes I fought from a distance, other times I rushed in, and it was these early points, this decision-making and power-shifting on the fly, where the combat really came alive. Nothing felt as good as stealth-stalking an enemy only to power up for a melee attack before switching round and headshotting his comrades. The guns felt good, powerful and dangerous to use. The enemy were accurate and smart but never overwhelming, hitting a good enough balance to retain a reasonable challenge while not feeling unfair. As a first stab at a genre, there were so many pieces that fell right into place early on in this adventure, I could not help but be impressed. It did feel like it ran out of steam by the end, where the original goals became marginalised and amalgamated into just another shooter. But I definitely had a lot of fun playing it. I, th- I think the the, you know, the the funny filter that he was talking about is the fading that was a massive issue for me playing it on the console as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not mm. pretty. It's is it just marks, masking pop-ups? Or yeah, that, that's the idea, except it's probably more noticeable than pop-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As ever, uh, good stuff from Dell. The, the only mistake he made is that it wasn't their first attempt at a shooter, it was their second, but we can forgive that. Just this once. <laughs> Mick says, aside from Half-Life, this is definitely my favourite FPS series. Crisis gave my first taste of a sort of free-roaming landscape, and a beautiful one at that, which invited me to devise my own tactics and approach encounters in any way I saw fit. My favourite moment from the first game. Running from a trio of soldiers, I came upon a rope bridge and began to cross it, hoping to get to the other side before the baddies reenacted a scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I reached the other side, spun, fired my rocket launcher and destroyed the bridge, dropping the three enemies into the ravine below. So great. Crisis 2 enthralled me the whole way through. It was probably a much better game than the first, but, you know, you never forget your first time. Still, the constant cat-and-mouse game of Crisis 2 was a thrill. When I have energy to put 
to cloak, put my armour up, etc. I'm invincible. As soon as my energy is depleted, I'm as vulnerable as a newborn kitten. So much fun managing that dichotomy, as usual. Our listeners hit the nail on the head in two paragraphs after we yeah. get <laughs> That's why we love them. Tom Fum. I loved the Crisis games. The first one was a lot of fun. Hard as you like, but a lot of fun. And the emboss killed my PC due to its massiveness. Still can't run it on max graphics, although I haven't tried in a long time. Crisis 2 was amazing as well. That game looks the absolute tits, and it's a really good game. Loads of fun with big fights and big guns. I have a lot of love for this series, as it shows just how amazing a PC game can look. My only issue was it was tailored to more to console way of playing, which I think's wrong. It's first and foremost a PC game, so don't make the interface for console first, then PC. Should be the other way round. <laughs> Little bit of format bias there from Tom, but we'll let him off. Three word reviews then, starting with Josh. Alex seventy nine UK says uncloak bang recloak. Orby Culkin Orby. Death by chicken. Does anyone understand? Yeah, you can pick up chickens yeah, you and can throw pick up chickens and front people here in the first one. Oh, okay. I never picked up any yeah. animals. Yeah, there's quite a lot of wildlife, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's crabs and um, little birds running about and, also, and rats and all sorts. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Tom Fum says, killed my SLI. Uh, Fury Ace, or AC3. Uh, crisis, Korean Profit. <laughs> Work. The, the, yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> sorry, that's my that's my editorial comment that's, that's thrown in there. <laughs> so... As we know, every every issue, bless him, Fury Ace obviously listens in. is a is a is a regular contributor with his three word reviews. This time, he seems to think that two were two reviews that add up to three words each on average is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, but he did bring us try before Dubai last week. So. Try before yeah. Dubai. Yeah, I'm afraid he's fallen well short of that yeah. this week with a two word review and a four word review. But we'll but let him neither off. Neither of them so, really makes sense. No, I know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, and for Crisis hu- Two, The Rock in New York. There you go. Let's, let's just humour him. <laughs> Better next week, please. Uh, yeah. Rich Spurs twenty four says tactical options excellent. Alex Shaw, tech demo homogenisation. Yeah, you see, I think maybe the he he did mean tack because the weapon that you kill the final boss with is called the tack. Is it? Naming yeah. it, what, naming it after a drug? No, it's like a, it's short for tactical, probably. <laughs> but it is called, it's 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 a prototype, yeah, in both game, in both Crisis 1 and Warhead, you get, handily get hold of a supposedly untested prototype oh, that just yes, happens to be right. the best weapon in Although the game. I think there is, you know, tech demo, you could argue that Crisis does fall under that banner, so. Yes, I, th- I think he's punning, I think he's he's riffing on several things at once. That's the kind of That's guy. That's a pun that works. Yeah, furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, last week. Yeah, last week genius. This week, <laughs> let's just let's just use his try before Dubai. Before, that was the spell. People didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Sonic Mole video gaming's dumb blonde. Nice. I like that yeah. one. He pretty much stole my summary. Um, so with that, but that's fine. Uh, let's do our own wrappings up then, starting with Josh. Um, I, I I feel kind of mixed about these two games. Um, I enjoy the stealth gameplay uh, much more in two than one. In fact, in two, I really enjoy the stealth, uh, stealth gameplay. But everything else about the experience is kind of mediocre and not very memorable. Um, visually, they're both fantastic, but 
just on the technical side, I don't think there's a lot of personality in the visuals. There's not a clear sense of art design. I feel like having played Super Metroid recently, it's put it in sharp relief how much more important art design is than graphical power because the environments in Super Metroid were far more memorable than the environments in either of these two games. Um, so, yeah, it, I just feel like... It, if I was going to recommend a first-person shooter to anyone, you can't go wrong with either of these two, but there are so many better games out there. If you're after a great action game, go for Half-Life 2, go for the Halo games. If you're after a really good stealth game, there's Deus Ex Human Revolution, Metal Gear Solid, all of those games. It's just so mediocre that it's kind of forgettable. Harsh but fair. Tony? Um... First of all, I want to applaud Crytek for for pushing boundaries with graphics. I, I, a lot of people get very upset and you know say it's all about the art design, and I, to some degree, I do agree with that. But at the same time, you need people pushing the boundaries of where we can take uh, the fidelity of graphics. The fact that um, Crisis um, still looks like a 2012 release to this very day when you know it was made in 2007 says a lot um at the same time i just i didn't find it a particularly fun game i i felt that it was a game full of promise full of ideas but actually when you went to implement the ideas of the suit none of them really panned out and in the end it became more fun to run past your enemy than engage in combat and to me that's a failure if you have a first-person shooter where it's more fun to run away than it is to engage, something went wrong. It's also got a horrendous end boss, but you know, I I appreciate it for appreciated it for what it tried, but ultimately I think it became a failure. Crisis Two, on the other hand, um, I think it's a more streamlined experience. I think it's a better design game in almost every aspect, but also slightly less ambitious and it, it does fall a little bit in the consolization I can understand where PC gamers were coming from that because the environments are closed in but I think closed in for for a reason because the gameplay for me was a hell of a lot of fun I've been through the game three times now um, if you play it on the higher difficulty levels um, it may sound a bit of a cop out the, the, the actual gameplay itself really stands out that much more to a, to a higher degree um, so I'd recommend if, if you found just running for uneasy and everything blowing up in front of you just a bit boring then try a different diff difficulty level because I think there's something more to be found in there but like Josh said I don't think that the story in either game is great in fact it's probably quite bad in, in the first game and um, it, it does lack a little bit of personality but what personality it has is within the suit and in 2 I think it has that in spades so I, I really like uh, Crisis 2 uh, and Crisis 1 is a bit of a misfire for me now um, yeah really to echo uh, people's sentiments I suppose to a point um, Crisis takes its influences from everywhere else doesn't have an idea of its own it was making me think of Predator and Battlefield and Independence Day and The Abyss and XCOM Terror from the Deep and Halo and of course Far Cry and if I'm playing something like Bioshock or Half-Life 2 I'm thinking only about Bioshock or Half-Life 2 um, but that said there is definitely room in the world and in life for something you know a bit more uh, brain off and uh, just let it kind of happen um, it does have a sort of you know a big epic sci-fi thing going on um and uh it's got graphics 
in case we didn't mention that um, Crisis has graphics uh, Warhead was fun because it was kind of like Crisis but shorter and slightly more thought out um, but equally slightly less ambitious Crisis 2 um, it's been a year and a half so my memories are vaguer I remember it being enjoyable but certainly nothing exceptional to write home about um, yeah these are games that I would certainly not say whoa whatever you do don't play Crisis or Crisis 2 but equally I wouldn't say you must you must play these games unless you've got a new PC and you want to <laughs> <laughs> test out it's all about the graphics how, how how good the graphics look yeah uh sorry i can't be more interesting about it than that really but i, I blame the games <laughs> carl yeah I, th- I think i probably agree with with elements of what everyone said um i'm probably a lot more forgiving than josh is for in you know wearing its influences on its sleeve uh, i don't believe you necessarily need to focus too much on stealth or shooter because this actually brings them both together well and uh, that's the point that I, that I would make about it um crisis i didn't find fun um i think i think my opinions about that have been made abundantly clear throughout the show i think crisis 2 is a is a far more solid game um one area we perhaps didn't reference that highly was the the, the soundtrack to crisis 2 is actually one of my favorite gaming soundtracks um written it's it's actually quite a stunning score again the the, the multiplayer was my definitive highlight of the game um it, it's not something you're gonna get the same level of enjoyment out of now that i did then due due to the age of the game it is a it's a fun experience crisis 2 i found the environments inviting um interesting to explore i think the it, the the collectibles in the game are done in the best possible way to sort of promote exploration and each one rewards you with an unlock each level rewards you with a piece of each level completion rewards you with a piece of music so you get your, your concept art and your music and whatnot through throughout simple progression and collection um which for me is exactly how collectibles should be done um rewarding you back i think the game progresses at a cracking pace it, it never really slows down um it maybe changes tack a few times but overall you're going to get an enjoyable experience it, the, the game's cheap now especially as if you got it as leon said on playstation plus um give it give it a shot it it still holds up it, it hasn't aged badly at all um neither of them have really but they both felt like very different experiences to me and crisis 2 i don't feel was Console-fied, as 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 being sort of referenced, I think it was just designed with a better focus. Um, perhaps, perhaps hardware targets played a part, but with hardware targets come goals. Their goals were clearly to to create an experience that could be played and enjoyed on both. And and for me, they they met those. And so I can't really knock Crisis Two as a game. It's it's solid throughout. Uh, it's just perhaps never exceptional in the single player, at least. One of the things that uh, Chevat Yearly specifically said that he was unhappy about the release of Crisis 2 was that it apparently uh, launched with two significant and serious AI bugs, hmm. um, which ha- were subsequently patched, but too late, he said. So I don't know what form those actually took, but... Um, it does worry me a little bit with Cri- Crisis 3, because both games were, I think, heavily patched upon hmm. release. Um, and I was I, mm, I yeah. do plan on picking Crisis Three up on on day of launch. So. There are still oh, issues. <laughs> there are still issues with Cry uh, with Crisis Two outside of the simple Super Soldier completion glitch. But 
it, it rewards you with a veteran difficulty completion, but not super soldier. But I had um, th- there's one sound effect in particular which is it's quite distinctive. It's the sound of an elevator cable stretching, um, and I believe it's mm. played into your suit as your suit. But that repeated for maybe the last eleven levels of constant and on one level well, it was yeah. just oh, very fast and repetitive and it, it became very annoying in exiting out turning off the console and all that I wouldn't reset would... it and I also had enemies walking oh, into walls would like they wouldn't just walk into a wall and turn round they would just continue trying to walk into a wall um, both very strange issues I had, but the we, sound one very annoying. We always get people upset when we don't mention the mod scene, but um, Crisis has a has a hugely popular mod scene. Of course, um, yeah. there is. Mm. I mean, if you're just looking for HD texture packs, there is a, an official one, but uh, there's a, a few others out there that have completely redone the assets of the game, and it looks even more incredible, although a little more sluggish to run. They've also, you know, once again, zombies and stuff like that. There, there's a whole big mod scene out there for for you to check out if you're so. Inclined. Play res foliage pack. Yes. Was one of the ones I saw. Yeah, stuff like that. But be aware, um, your PC are likely to blow up. That sounds it. Yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of things. So, talking of Bioshock, you can play along with Kane and Rinse Volume Two, and Bioshock is the very next game we'll be covering. Oh, I'll be quite pleased because that will be my first replay of that game since it came out, and I'll be playing the PC version, which uh, hopefully will look. Yes, yeah, so that's nice. been my weekend gaming. Mm. After that, the Streets of Rage trilogy, and Dan Clark will return for that one. Then StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty. I Am Alive, Bioshock 2. After that, Animal Crossing series. Uh, New Leaf has now been announced for June release in America, but no date for the UK, Europe as yet. Obviously, Animal Crossing has a lot of op- uh, localization, so that's why we always get them late. GTA 4 and the episodes from Liberty City. Uh, Dark Souls, Metro 2033, and XCOM Enemy Unknown. The full upcoming schedule can be found on the blog at canerince.com. Remember to take a look at our quince rin- quick rinse videos. Why does that always oh, come out quince? as quince rinse? Yeah. I, I think I do as well. Yeah. Quince rinse. Quince, quick rinse videos via the blog or the Kane and Rinse YouTube channel. You can find us on Twitter at Kane and Rinse, and please like us on Facebook. Obviously, facebook.com forward slash Kane and Rinse. Yes, Jay and I were just talking the other day. Uh, there's a lot of people who are on the forum but haven't liked the Facebook page and vice versa. So please, uh, you know, if you like what we do, don't forget that we have other outlets and ways of supporting us. Uh, just head over to the other one that you haven't been on. We are grateful as well for your support through iTunes, of course. Uh, subscriptions, ratings and reviews. We like them. Bring them on. And we have a periodical, which is a downloadable iBook for your iPad. And it's very pretty. It's like a brilliant video games magazine that's both free and interactive with videos and podcasts and all sorts. As I say, join the community. Most of all, com slash forum. And you can have your stuff about the podcasts read out. Or you can respond to... Uh, podcasts that we've already done and tell us what you thought of them uh, I think so far we've had one half an entry for our Spec Ops The Line <laughs> game I don't know what it is, people just don't want free stuff uh, but there it is if you, if, you, if you listen to last week's podcast you can win a free game we'll close it when we feel like it. <laughs> when someone says can I have that game please <laughs> yeah I think somebody's kind of half said it haven't they because they said they don't have it but they they were like too shy to actually ask even though they listened to the podcast I don't know maybe Pipe if they give people. us a creative three word review 
that we actually enjoy in a future game they might get it well, normally, creative asking for creative entries to competitions is the absolute death knell for, for competitions, which is why we made it for something as simple as possible. Um, so if you can match know. or better try before Dubai, you can't, but try, <laughs> um, then maybe that might get you a prize. Well, yeah. You're basically you pro- making sure that nobody gets that game in that <laughs> competition. That was the ultimate free win. <laughs> yeah. If only we had a prize to give away. So it just m- remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Joshua Garrity, Carl Moon and Tony Atkins. And we'll see you next time for some more Cane and Rinse. Goodbye.